Okay, we're joined uh, now by uh, Chair of the Parish Pastoral Council, PJ Mason. We're we're joined again by uh, PRO of uh, uh, Broad, Broadford GA and our own correspondent here in Broadford, Martin Cooper, and the Principal of Broadford National School, Angus O'Brien. So you're all very welcome again. Thank you. Angus, can we, I mean, maybe we'll start with you, Angus. Uh, the school in Broadford, it seems to have um, mushroomed and got larger over the years. I remember when a predecessor of yours, um, Niall uh, O'Donnell. O'Donnell was here, and it was, I remember Niall talking, telling me, um, I think they went, they lost a teacher at some point back maybe in the 80s, and he was very down about it, you know. Um, but uh, it's it really has blossomed over the last number of years. Our numbers, our numbers at the moment would we'd be at about 120 children, um, but we'll say where the school might be a little bit different compared to when Niall O'Donnell was principal and then Mary uh, Marianne McInerney, his um, predecessor. Um, there, our school now is only a one, or sorry, our parish now is only a a one school parish so um, back 20 years ago we would have been fortunate enough in the parish to have two national schools so we'd had uh, Broadford National School and also there was a, a lovely national school there in Kilban but unfortunately the numbers in Kilban um, they dwindled down to the single figures in the back about eight or nine years ago and so um, we amalgamated both schools in tw- 2014 actually yeah so I was this is my ninth year as principal in Broadford, and two years into my principalship, um, I oversaw that that amalgamation between both national schools. So, I pr- what that has really done is it has stabilised the numbers really in the school here in Broadford, because you would have had a, a tradition in Broadford where um, you would have had maybe sixty or seventy uh, pupils here in Broadford, and maybe another thirty to fifty children over in Kilban. Whereas now we have the um, we're yeah, like I said, we're a, a one parish school. So, yes. um, Angus. Um, Jim and myself came, knowing that we were doing the broadcast on Saturday today, we came on Wednesday to survey the actual, uh, the, the town, okay? And uh, PJ had mentioned uh, about this walk that was, um, you know, around by the river and bringing the river into the core of the actual village itself. And we were stunned, that's the only way I can say, it was an extraordinary Little, not a little at all, but uh, an extraordinary project, and inviting the, the the river into the actual core of the village itself and making it accessible. And we thought, as we walked around it, and we did get a kind of a look in the, the school window and saw the action that was going on in there. But as we were walking along by the river, we noticed, yeah, there's a spot there that could have a little micro-generation. Do you know where the little spot I'm talking about? Yeah, just down there by the by the bridge? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Where the water oh, sorry, where the, the, little, the little stream comes out. The tributary comes yeah, in. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't it be some... I shouldn't say this, because I'm jealous. We don't have anything potentially like that in, in Scarif at all. No. You no, know? Yeah. But wouldn't it, what, a, what a, a scheme to have a micro 
a little micro-generating plant there and, and heating and lighting the school. A mini, a mini iron crusher. Yes. A mini iron crusher. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be great? And yeah, no, be there for PJ's going to look into that there next, uh, <laughs> next year. <maybe laughs> it's a good principle always delegate. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Listen, you, ha- you have a, a, an interesting project in mind yourself. P- at least PJ has told me that you have. Yeah. So um, a lot of work has gone on in the school over the last maybe eight years. Uh, we were predominantly in prefabs up to about maybe five years ago. So we were lucky um, to receive funding to get a new, um, we'll say, a new building. You could say <coughs> it's it's predominantly a new school now over the last four or five years. And with that, we were with the generosity of the community, we were able to fundraise for playing facilities as well. So we were able to um, put in a, an all-weather surface area, which means that the children get they get good play and they get good exercise all year round. So because before that we were. Uh, during the winter months, we were very much just confined to the um, hard surface area uh, spaces, so now we have uh, good play facilities. But um, taking that a step forward in, we were, me, myself, I've got three young girls, and if I want to take the children, we'll say, to a, a, a playground, we'll say, to blow off a bit of steam, we'd have to, the closest playground to Broadford, we'd have to maybe go to Kilkishan, or we'd have to go up to Tulla, or maybe over to um, O'Brien's Bridge. So we were, were one of the few villages actually that missed out on that um, playground scheme, we'll say, that would have been rolled out around the, around the country um, maybe 10 years ago, 10 or 15 years ago. So with that in mind, um, our board management, who were very supportive of everything that, that we're looking to do in the, in the parish, um, we came up with plans to install a playground on the site of the school. Um, it, it's also very important just that this would also be a school amenity because we do have an, an autism class. It's... Um, we, we would be actually the one of the first ASD classes that would have opened um, in Clare. So we're, um, we're open about 15 years now. We're very lucky to have um, the same teacher that's been in that room for the last 15 years, Maria Howard. She does an absolutely exceptional job. She's got a master's in autism teaching, so it's very much her her um, her, her baby, you could say. I think it's good we hold you on that one because we're not very, very critical. It's the one we hear a lot to talk about back at home. The uh, autism, you have a structure... Yep. A fully professionalised structure. At the age of 12, they leave you. Yes. Now, is there any follow-up yeah, in the East Clare area? We're actually very fortunate, actually, in the last uh, number of years that Tulla opened um, uh, an ASD uh, class in, in, in Tulla Secondary School. And also at Killaloo, we're looking at opening one um, as well. And you have... St. Pat's Comprehensive in Shannon have opened one in the last two or three years and I think St. Cayman's are opening one in September. So only in the last number of years we've um, it's superb where now that follow-on is there for it, the children that are leaving our ASE classes. Yeah. So only last year we had um, two children who left and they've enrolled into the ASE class in Tulla. So they've they've received eight years of, of that specialised education in national school and that's now moved on to secondary school as well. So, And we're hearing absolutely amazing results um, back yeah. with that. Uh, we've another couple of kids that we've taught St. Pat's as well. Yeah. So yeah. it's yeah, it's, it's magic. It's a, it, it's a great class. There's six children is the maximum amount of pupils that come in the class and there's, that would be staffed with um, the special class teacher and then you would also have two SNAs in that room as is well. That, by the way, is it an integrated system? It, yeah, so we'd very much operate a um, and integration would be the predominant um, focus when we would look at a child's education plan. So yes. the very first um, objective we would have would be to try and maximise the amount of integration a child would get back into their mainstream classes. Yes. Um, and depending on their ability to do that, um, 
it's yeah it's it's look at as a as a class and as a, an educational facility, they're hugely successful. Um, we're blessed with the, with the children that we've had through the class over the last number of years. Uh, we've great six kids um, in, the, in the room this year, blessed with the staff as well. But w w if I bring it back to the playground, it's hugely important that we provide a playground for uh, the kids in, and not only the ASD class, but also uh, a huge amount of kids that, actually all children, they all have, every child has sensory issues where they need to get out into the fresh air and swing and play and climb and jump and tear around the place. So um, the playground for us would very much be ticking those boxes for the children, yes, in that class, but also in, um, in, in all classes. So we'd also see it as a, a great facility to be able to facilitate um, integration. So like if children are in there playing and playing with the equipment that will be in the playground, it becomes much easier for other children who find it hard to maybe access some of the playground games it's much easier to play it for them to fall into a game on a swing or on a on a slide or do you know what I mean? It's just it makes it, yeah. it's it's much easier for all children. We'll say to access play with their with their with their peers. Yeah. Um, so so how is that going? At, yeah, look, you're in the planning stage. Yeah, we broke ground. Um, we broke ground a number of weeks back. There was a unfortunately there was a, a number of trees inside in that um, inside in that little small little plot um, that had to be removed. Um, and luckily I have a very hands-on um, chairperson on our board, Bernard Gunning, who also owns a, a digger, so he was able to <laughs> dig out the roofs and, um, and pull them out there. So uh, that, was th that kept costs down, and so we're hoping that uh, Compan are the name of the um, playground manufacturers, so they're, we're um, expecting them on site on Monday uh, coming, and their um, project should take maybe four to five weeks to complete. And hopefully we'll have our first uh, playground in Broadford. But like I would have said, if it was so, it's obviously the school our school funded the are funding the project. So it would be in fundraising of roughly thirty four thousand euro, thirty five thousand euro that would have taken place um, here locally. That would that would also include a very generous donation of ten thousand euro from EI Electronics, um, and we got a small um, Department of Education grant to, to facilitate some of the works, and the rest of the funding comes from board management funds. Yes. Is there so any limit at all to the potential within this parish? Do you know? You will look at. I, I it's <laughs> extraordinary. It is extraordinary. No, it yeah. is. It, to be honest with you, the way I look at this, lads, is I think Broadford was a place that maybe didn't achieve enough maybe for maybe a 20, 25 year period and now we're maybe just playing catch up. Um, By there's, God, there's, catch there, up. there's no doubt that mm. there is huge potential in Broadford but we, are, we haven't, in my opinion, we haven't caught up with maybe some of the other areas that, um, that have already maybe say made a head start on... on, mm. on well, mind you, on you're, on you're making a good job of doing it. Well, I yeah. I, no, no, we're, we're, I have to say though, we, we're blessed with the community spirit that would be in Broadford. So like when we're looking at providing a playground, just say for example, that, that project, um, it's a school facility. But unfortunately, if it's a school facility, it, um, it would have to be locked every evening at 2.40 when, this, when the children go home. Yes. And very much stay at a school um, and just be a school facility. So that you couldn't have that inside the middle of a, of a parish mm. playground that um, is, is, is only operational during uh, school hours and only the children in our school, actually, they can uh, use it. So what we're, av what we're having to do is we're, we're leasing the, the facility, so the playground, including the AstroTurf, and we're also in talks maybe of some of the school yard also um, being leased to um, the Broadford Development Association. So the Broadford Development Association started with Mary Burke, who you were talking to earlier around yeah. um, Kilban Church. So um, they will they will assume responsibilities of the um, of the playground, 
and then um, that'll mean that the facility can be used outside the school hours. So again, it's that community. Um, so does that does that kind of look after the insurance factor? Well, that that's another thing. Then it'll also <laughs> hopefully open other revenue streams that'll go towards the maintenance costs and the insurance costs of yeah. um, of mm. uh, yeah. school. Could players. I ask you the, what's emerging is? In the, a one school, what has emerged is a one school parish. Right? It's not it, and also it seems from what Mary said, a one church parish. That that is the actual picture that's emerging from the, our mm. conversation. Very much it, so, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, I'm wondering, a parish that has that had three subsections historically, Kilmore, Kilban and the main town itself. Would that be correct? Yep. Yeah. Three. Was there any sense of uh, difficulty emerging as one closed and then the second closed, as the school closed and the outli- outlying areas and then another school closed? Was there any kind of little tensions that had to be f- faced with that reality? Yeah, of course. Obviously, there's um, everybody has opinions on the way they'd like things to be going. Um yeah. But a lot of these decisions, uh, actually, sorry, a lot of these circumstances were nearly things that actually just nearly automatically fell into place as opposed to hard decisions having to be made. So, for example, Father John Ban actually um, retiring at the end of the year is what has resulted in the fact that um, Mass maybe might be um, only concentrated in one church. Um, the fact that the numbers in Kilban had dwindled down to single figures, it meant that the school was actually... E- going to close and so instead of us allowing the school to close we decided will we amalgamate to keep the name Kilban um, school in, involved in the parish because um, what we have to be very very careful of is it's like what you mentioned there John that becoming a one parish um, a one school or a one church parish they're both everything is now kind of concentrated in the village of Broadford we have to be hugely cognizant of the fact that Kilban is actually Kilban and Kilmore are both part of the old Kilkenny um, uh, civil parish. It's a Kilken- is actually a much greater area than the old Kilsiley um, civil parish, which is which is where Broadford is. So the majority of our par- of our parish is towards Kilban and down and down towards Kilmore, where there may not be as much engagement for in, in parish matters or in, in sporting matters that we would like to. So it, it, it does form part of your, your forward planning where we need to be very aware of our parish and our parish boundaries and making sure that we are serving the whole parish and not just one yeah. side of the parish. And you're inclusive. And we're inclusive. So like when Kilban um, School did close, um, it, it, it did provide the opportunity to get a bus route going. So now we have a bus route going for the first time serving our school so that children from that side of the parish, if they want to come to Broadford, that service is there for them. Um, but it is, it, it's a great point that you made um, and it is something that we do need to be very aware of that we're serving the whole parish and not just um, the environs of Broadford yeah. Village. Yeah. Okay, um, just I'd like to turn to PJ um, here beside me. PJ is is chair of the parish pastoral council, but involved generally. PJ, I think, would be correct to say in the community affairs in Broadford. Um, the Broadford Community Action Group has been uh, has been a, a brilliant uh, initiative, I think, in this parish over the last number of years. Yeah, that's that's true, Jim. The Broadford Community Action Group came about as a result of a meeting. 
that Father John Bain called of interested people and uh, he asked for volunteers to um, to get involved uh, for the welfare of the parish and uh, at around the same time or a little bit previous that Angus had taken over as principal in, in the local primary school and, and then obviously the amalgamation came. So we set about and approximately around the same time I became in, I got involved in the pastoral council as chairperson so I saw an opportunity of setting up a Broadford Community Action Group under the auspices of the of the parish. So therefore, um, and we got a number of people involved from d- different interests in the GA, the business side of, of the village, and uh, obviously the school and other interested people. And what we've ended up is we have a, a very dynamic group of interested people, interested in their own community, who, who take great pride in what they have here locally, and also around the area. And um, so as a result of that, Broadford Community Action Group was born and I happened to end up as chairperson. I'm not really the chairperson, but I'm the guy that gets blamed if, if something goes wrong. <laughs> well, you need someone like that. <laughs> so, but because in terms of doing things and managing things, everybody has expertises and it's important that they're allowed to develop that and move with that. Uh, with the goodwill of everybody else involved and um, and it's a great joy to me that people in the community have taken such a great interest in their own community and any anything that we can do or anything that anybody can do to facilitate that, that's being done and um, you know earlier you spoke with Martin and Mary and um, you know and Carmel about the, the GA and what's happening in Kilban I mean what has happened the, the GA is such an important force within our community as they are in all of the communities in Clare and elsewhere but here the one thing I note as, as a more senior member of the community is that the discipline is teaching the younger members becoming involved in the, in the GA how things are done uh, how success is achieved or how failure is, is accepted and um, that's so important for young people. We didn't have that when we were their age. We went to a match. We either lost or won. And the, the fallout, <laughs> as you can guess, what, what it might have been. But now I see discipline. And this year, the two Komogi teams at junior C level, the success of them has been huge. And Angus would have mentioned to me earlier, and Martin, the, the, um, the discipline that a successful ladies team brings... And, and the camaraderie and the, the wonderful sporting nature of it and the warmth of it within the community is huge. So we've been lucky that way. But these things don't happen by chance. No. They happen because people somewhere have taken some responsibility to guide things. And I'm always a great believer. Uh, whatever you do, do the best you can and set an example for others to come and do better than you did. And if you're not doing that, then you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. You know, so and yeah. I would be very passionate about that. And PJ, it's one of the reasons mm. why Jim and myself mm. and Luke mm. are here this morning. Mm. It is to affirm the work being done mm-hmm. that has been done yeah. and that clearly is going to be done as well uh, here in Broadford. And, and and we very very feel very very strongly about that. And what you said there about the uh, about the impact which the girls are having, it's mm. transforming. 
mm-hmm. our communities. Do you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Especially, and I'm especially thinking mm-hmm. of East Clare, the different parishes in East Clare, mm-hmm. and who have taken on Camogie. It's, it, it's much more than merely a game. Mm-hmm. It is a social, if you like, commitment as well by yeah, yeah. the GA. And you, you'd hope, you'd hope, and I think the media is beginning to realise mm-hmm. there's future in exposing the female, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the girls, if you like, mm-hmm. and their sporting achievements, mm-hmm. much more than had been so, yeah. okay? Mm-hmm. And I looked at the Clare champion this week, and there's, I mean, I don't know how many pages uh, of photographs and articles dealing with the girls. Now, this is new, isn't it really, Jim? I mean, and significant, potentially. And I suppose they will say between Scarifogunlo and Broadford, that's three championships uh, in Camogie that have come to East Clare. Yeah. And I suppose in hurling as well, uh, apart from the senior championship, every other championship, intermediate, junior A, junior B, junior C, all came to East Clare. So I suppose it's it's a good thing. But PJ, go on. Uh, what, what, I'm just wondering, what areas, PJ... Our, I mean, uh, Angus talked about the the uh, playground, which will be up and running hopefully yeah. shortly. Mm. What other areas are are the, uh, the the community action group uh, involved in at the moment and hoping to progress? Yeah, obviously, Angus's and and the board of management. Their project is so vital to the village, and um, that's very welcome. It's something that we would have got feedback on for quite a while in terms of we need a playground and. Angus and the Board of Management certainly are addressing that now and we look forward to that uh, happening in the spring. I mean, the other thing that has happened here over the in recent months is that, you know, we have a group, again, a group of women, a small group of two ladies, I'll call them, and they wouldn't want their names mentioned, but uh, one does a great job every day calling to everybody's house. Her name is Carmel and the other lady is Anne, who does a great job as well. And they have marshaled a group of volunteers, including a number of us. Uh, we'll get a text and say, right, there's a clean-up starting on Saturday morning at 9 o'clock. Uh, can you be there? And we respond accordingly. And that has been happening for the last couple of weeks. And this is, this is a, a more recent development. And it's an offshoot of what has been happening in the community. So, And I just can't thank those ladies enough. And the people who come out and give their time. We have a lot of people coming from the, the periphery of the parish to help out in that project. And it's basically do, taking on little projects in, in the common areas around the village. A little tidy up, a little improvement. And you've, you've mentioned the river bank. The river bank, in fact, we have three waterfalls in that river. Um, so, uh, starting yes. just above Hurlstown Gate. So that river, we're very unique to have a river like that flowing through our village. And that brings me on to another critical subject, which is sewage. And yeah. uh, we have been agitating in this community long before I was born. And now in recent months and years, we've been led to believe in a very serious way that uh, it's nigh, it's very close by. So we're waiting with anticipated breath uh, an announcement either this month or certainly in January, but we're, we've been led to believe by our, by our political people that uh, we should be getting good news. And that is that Broadford would be chosen as a pilot project for a community scheme that would be done uh, to help the village because at the moment development within the village area is stagnant because the river is the only option. And nowadays we, we have a very green philosophy amongst, amongst many of us. 
and a, a, and a great respect by all of us for the, the importance of, of a green um, yes. outlook in life. So if the sewage treatment, wastewater treatment plant would, was given to Broadford, it would certainly help because we are a satellite village of Limerick and, uh, and from that development would come and we need at least 20, maybe 20 more families living in the area. And if that happened, if the footfall would improve. Businesses like the country store here, which we are totally indebted to, what a fantastic service that they give with the two local pubs. And then we have our school. And, you know, we don't have to say anything other than that everything is, is, such, is run so excellently. Yeah. And um, so if we have more footfall, and the only way we can have more footfall is by having people living in our community because it aids all our, our teams, our units, the different organisations within the community. So all that helps to grow. Mm. So um, I am fingers crossed and I'm anxious and hopeful. And uh, I will yeah. certainly be very disappointed if we don't get positive news because certainly um, life will be hell for somebody. Yeah, now, I mean, you, you appreciate this, that um, there are perhaps over a dozen other villages in County Clare mm -hmm. who have the same complaint. Yeah. I mean, uh, with regard to sewage. Mm -hmm. And you are there now being optimistic, mm -hmm. and we all support the optimism and hope that, it, that what you're not saying, okay, is going to be very, very good news. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be an innovative approach, isn't it? It's yeah, different it, to the normal provision of sewerage in in uh, uh, upgrading in a village. Yeah, as you've we, got me up with something yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, as we understand it, and we've been Clare County Council have worked, the senior members in Clare County Council have worked very closely with us, and have encouraged us, and uh, with the local, with the five local councillors, uh, there's unanimity on on this, and it's seen as an example of what other communities can do. Uh, should this project come to fruition. Now, there are many villages like us in the same situation, but we've been over 70 years at this, and we were number one on the list at one stage. Really? And when the crash came in 2008, sewage systems came into two other villages in East Clare because they had lo their local councillors sitting at the table, and I don't begrudge them that. I'm just jealous that they were so lucky to have a local representative at the table and say, right, we we'll take that. Yep. Because we were within €100,000 of having a system here in Broadford. Uh, the planning was done, the, the drawings were done, the site is located, the site is purchased for the wastewater treatment plant. It's shovel ready. Shovel ready, and that is why, and we have a very active community, and we have given a very serious commitment to Clare County Council of support on this. And uh, we're waiting on the Department of Environment, uh, Mr. O'Brien's office, yeah. to deliver. And uh, I would expect he's as good as his word. And tell me, is, is, is there any way, in fact, in which a community can engage physically in uh, uh, facilitating a, a project like this, as against just being citizens and paying their taxes? Well, I mean, short of putting the money up themselves completely, which... Uh, you know, which is always possible, but imp highly improbable. I mean, that's the only way. I mean, all you can do is provide the opportunity okay. and the encouragement and the facilities and and the support to whatever the plans are. But we're dependent on people in Dublin, um, in the department, civil servants and otherwise, to have to, to have the light switched on for them in terms of what our rural community needs and what that will mean for the rest of the country. No, it's they're just not known for that, should they not? It, it, well, having the light switched on 
Well, I'll tell you, um, some of them have the ability, but if they're allowed to switch it on, they will switch it on. Okay. Mm. Now, you have a further gym. There's another uh, village problem which you share with so many others as well, and that is uh, the number of vacant buildings, okay? Now, uh, ev I say every village in County Clare probably faces that reality. And uh, you, you reflect on that, do you? And oh, yeah. I mean, that's a constant bone of contention for us because... Naturally, we take great pride in what we have, and the people who own buildings in the village take great pride. But where buildings are unattended, mm. uh, it's difficult. And as you said, that's a problem in many villages, in, in probably in all villages and towns. But I think we there has to be legislation where where the powers bring bring, um, bring pressure on people who own such buildings and not paying attention. I mean, there are many options. Now, I'm sure if, if a wastewater treatment plant comes, uh, these buildings will no longer be a problem because they'll be seen as a, as a huge asset to the, relative, the, the various owners. You know, but we don't have that many, but we have one or two which are critical to us. And um, certainly we'd like a change in that. Angus, it's flashing through my mind. That idea of the microgenerator, <laughs> you know, John will be looking for that the next time we come back to Broadford John, Angus. No, do you know what though? I could see a, I could see a senior student somewhere in some school in the area doing yeah. it as a young scientist. I was just going to say it's our could be our BT science uh, project for next year. Absolutely, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Now I mentioned earlier on there about Kilban. Kilban Church and Mary gave a very glowing account of the work that's going on there with the community and the volunteers that she has. Absolutely, and and Padraig. I mean, beside the, across the road from the church is a It's probably the best wa one of the best waterfalls I've seen in 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 Clare. Really? Yeah, just across the road from from the church in Kilban. Never dry? Um, absolutely not. Uh, that that water is coming off of Schlieve Barna, and um, so it's never dry. And it's a fantastic sight. And the owner over there is very a go ahead chap, and he has he's developing a, a bit of enterprise over there as well. And certainly. Kilban has something huge going for it, and uh, you know, so that's that's um, mm. worth mentioning as well. Martin unfortunately had to leave us yeah. because uh, being a good PRO, he's gone to a match. Mm. But I, uh, I know he he has been involved in uh, the restoration of of a graveyard here in the yeah. in the village. Yeah, yeah, um, he has um, just out the road here, beside at the back of the GA field there, at the at the village in goals or the town in goals, we call it. Um, there was an old uh, Church of Ireland graveyard there that had gone into uh, dis uh, disrepair and, and ruins. And the last couple of years, part of the Bradford Community Action Group, Martin has led that um, programme in terms of restoring it and, uh, first of all, cleaning it and then planting some flowers and bulbs in it. And also, there's other plans for it as well. And Martin and a team of volunteers there have done a huge amount of work over the past two years. He has applied for funding on numerous occasions and has been unsuccessful, which is a shame because he has put his heart and soul into it, as has the other people on, on, in that particular group. So hopefully the next time they apply for a grant, people will see that we are not going to go away, that we are here. Is, is it still in the, the ownership of the church representative? It's in the, the, the church, yeah, the Church of Ireland people, yeah. And did you apply directly to them? Yeah, he has been through all of that because Martin is very involved with yeah. with that community. And um, anything interesting emerging? Am I correct in saying that there are some Catholics buried in that? 
I, I'm not quite sure now. You'll be talking to Pat O'Brien yeah, later, and yeah, Pat, yeah. Pat would yeah, be. Yeah, no, um, it would be predominantly a Protestant graveyard. Yeah, there's yeah. A, a, another graveyard further up the Kilsiley Road. Yeah, yeah. would be the old Catholic um, yeah. and Protestant, yeah. and there would be Catholics and Protestants um, buried in that old yeah. in that old graveyard. And is that closed now? No, it's it's still, uh, it's, it's still accessible, but again, it's one that um, will no doubt surface in the next couple of years where. Mm. A community group could come in and do some um, remedial works, so maybe some tidying yeah. up. Um, I know we've got a heritage section on our community action group, and it's a project that they've made funding for mm-hmm. to go in and clean it up, but we were refused um, on a number of occasions. Mm-hmm. Really? But we'll keep we'll keep hammering away, and eventually, if we get something, it'll be there'll be works that we'll um, be able to do. There's also another lovely graveyard over in Kilikindi, over on the Kilban yeah, side, yeah. and there's fabulous old um, slate slabs. Um, Graveyard slabs, a bit like the one um, of Father Burke that Mary Burke had speaking to, uh, had spoken about on the floor of um, the of Kilban Church, uh, yeah. the unearthed a uh, number of months back. Mm. But yeah, there's there are lovely historical sites in the parish, and yeah. like the structure of our group is is it's one that's quite transient in one way, where we have the Broadford Development Association, which Mary Burke. Um, would have established a number of years back to try to upkeep the uh, or to renovate the community hall. Yes, that has now grown into something bigger. Where our own action group that PJ spoke about that was formed a number of years back. So, really, what you have now is you have an umbrella group, which is the Broadford Development Association, and they have their tax clearance cert and they have their um, their charitable status and all that. So, what it means is that the different subcommittees that are in the parish, so for example, Tidy Towns, or you have our playground um, our playground group, or you might have the graveyards, um, renovation groups, that they can all, um, that they're all subcommittees, we'll say, of that overall development association. So if somebody has an idea, or if there's a group of people that are anxious to get something done, they'll be able to do that under the development association. So for example, we, um, I have, I was involved with a, a, a new group of about three or four people who who met with Quilcher there uh, about a week back, and we had our own first meeting a uh, Zoom call last Wednesday, where lo- where we're looking at maybe um, developing Dune Lake as a as a, an amenity area to improve the facilities that are there for either for for swimming. So there's a, a local group here that are swimming in the lake called the Dune Dippers, and um, maybe <laughs> the, uh, think we improve the faci- facilities for them, but maybe maybe also uh, providing a, a nature trail in around um, in around. Dune Forest and around the island there where Dune House and Dune Castle were so um, it's if, if there are local people listening well hopefully yeah. there are local hopefully people listening we hope, we hope there are <laughs> but it's that there is a that there is a, a vehicle for change there here in Broadford with the Broadford Development Association mm. yeah. and it's quite easy now to get a project done because the um, the top table is there, we'll say. So all we need then is, it's very easy to, f- to form a subcommittee. They can go off and maybe look at uh, drawing down a grant or getting something done. And, and you're looking for ideas. Well, it's ideas. We've plenty of ideas. Uh, yes. Ideas are very easy to come up yeah. with. It's actually people who are <laughs> who are going who, to who work. Are willing to get down the ground and say, okay, do you know what? This is a project that I could see bringing benefit yeah. to, the, to the parish mm-hmm. and then uh, achieving it and, and acting yeah. upon it. And during the year, I think during the spring uh, on the radio, we recorded the rosary. In uh, at a holy well, Bellaquin, um, Bell- yeah, yes, yeah. Bellaquin, yeah, um, which was absolutely fabulous. Yeah, I mean, fabulous. you you wouldn't wander into it, uh, you no, know. It's in in, in, it's, in it's by Black Hill, isn't it? In, that's right, yeah. Hill, but yeah. I mean, to go in there, John, and and to see it, and you know, the work that has been done over a good number of years, I would imagine. And uh, there, there are many other holy wells. There's a lovely one, like you mentioned, Kilsiley, uh Church and Graveyard. Mm. There's a lovely Kilsiley, uh holy well in behind that. Yeah. So, like, there's 
there's so much history here in Broadford. Um, there are so many dolmens and megalithic tombs on the hills yes. all around yeah. all around Broadford. Um, the opportunities are there. Yeah. Um, it's just we'll say it's like what I said. We're trying to cap, we're playing catch up at the moment. Yeah. So, yes. um, yeah. But you're not going to do everything to, at the same time. That's it. Well, that's it. you that know, you, you exactly. do it step by step. Exactly. And it's even like um, over the last number of months, we've improved our pedestrian access in the village um, through different grants that we've been able to achieve. Through there's a pedestrian crossing outside uh, the outside uh, between the school and the um, and the hurling pitch. The uh, footpaths have been have, have been upgraded in the village as well. But there's opportunities for that to uh, push out maybe up towards Gartley Gluck a bit more or maybe out towards Violet Hill there probably should be a footpath so again there are plenty of things to do but um, yes. like, we okay. like them all done ASAP yeah. but do you know, it's a process do you know um, we have uh, uh, one of our of our co-presenters well known to you all Pat McNamara from Flagmount mm-hmm. okay you'd meet him on the we would, on yeah. the hurling and camogie fields and football fields well anyway his wife is perhaps that's Kathleen uh, mm. you know is perhaps uh, uh, best described as uh, a repository of all the grants that are potentially possible for rural groups. Mm. I mean, she's an extraordinary woman. Mm, yeah, okay? yeah. uh, if you haven't made contact with her, and she is very obliging, very good. There's yeah. hardly a, a, a source that she wouldn't be able to direct the community. Would I be right, Jim? You would indeed, and she'd be delighted that you mention her. And to, to yeah. <laughs> okay. the, the second thing I'm, that strikes me listening to as you wind up now uh, in time, the, um, our five, our five uh, county councillors, we're fierce proud of them. Do ye have a general meeting where, where they, the, they, the kind of vision that you've been talking about here has been explained to the five so that they're well tuned in to your needs and, your, and the possibilities. They yeah, we would have met them, we would have met the five lads regularly yeah. and as well as that we'd be on the phone, there isn't a same month that goes by but we're not in contact yeah. with them for one reason or another and we would have met them on several occasions and they would have been present here at our meetings. And even even throughout the COVID lockdown, we would have been in constant contact with yeah. them. So, um, yeah. Oh no, John, I would echo, echo entirely what you've said. We're very support. They're very supportive to us because they are they are the cogs in the wheel that we need, well oiled all the time. And they are, and uh, they haven't been shy in coming forward to help us. So we appreciate that. Okay, listen, we're delighted to, to be here this morning. And I mean, I, as we said it, I said it to Mary Burke earlier on, but you really are an inspiration in this parish to other parishes who would hope to. I mean, you, you talk about catching up. I think Broadford is an inspiration to uh, many parishes 